This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by the Deadly Faith Podcast. Hey, heathens, I'm Lacey. And I'm Lola. And if you're deconstructing, deconstructed, deconverted, dealing with religious trauma, or love true crime, hell, maybe it's all of the above, then you need to subscribe to Deadly Faith. On this podcast, we explore the world where religion and crime collide. Maybe someone takes their religious beliefs a tad too far. Maybe someone is hiding their evil behind their man or woman of God persona. Maybe they started a cult, committed murder, or even believe that they are the second coming of Jesus Christ himself. Now, this isn't a world full of sunshine and rainbows, but it's a world that needs to be explored. So get ready for some deep dives, hard truths, and even some comedic relief as we tell these heartbreaking true crime stories. Welcome to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer an evangelical. With your hosts, hosts, authors Keith Giles and Matthew J. DiStefano. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Apostates Anonymous, your ninth favorite show on the internet. That's pretty good. There's a lot of shows out there. That's Something right. like millions, so we'll take ninth. Um, I'm your host, Matthew J. DiStefano, joined with my other host, Keith, our junior associate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith, say hi to the people. I am so glad to be here, uh, even at the junior associate level. It's an honor. And it's just thank an honor to be here for someone in. like you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, I just, it's hard to find a podcast willing you know, to let me in. So I thank you for giving let, me Let in. alone four of them, apparently. Four of them, is, yeah. So yeah. thank you. Well, um, happy belated Valentine's Day, everybody. To all you yes. um, sad saps out there. Yep. And, to, uh, all you, to all you men who are angry about Taylor Swift, happy Valentine's Day. I'm yes. sure you didn't get any. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because you're acting apparently, like it. it was also Mardi Gras, right? Or Ash, Ash Wednesday. Oh. Ash Wednesday. Ash, Mardi Gras, Ash Wednesday. Same thing, right? No, Mardi Gras was Tuesday. Yeah, anyway, we're not recording. This won't be airing the day we're recording it, so it's just way after. It's not. No, I have to edit this. As <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, I do have to edit this show. Um, but hey, check out, first of all, if you're watching this on YouTube, God bless you, check out this this camera that I got. Yeah. Shout out to Camo. It's a cool app that, um, so basically it's my phone camera. Yeah, and, and it looks your nice phone as your compared camera. to what I used to be all washed out. Now look at that handsome mug. Keith, you got to step with the program, buddy. Well, as soon as I get a new iPhone, then I will. But it won't, my you, iPhone you, is too you old. On? What I are you on, it. the 7? It's an seven, SE, but it's... Uh, what the hell is that? It's an iPhone. What number SE. is it? It's called an SE. It doesn't have a number. <laughs> it's an iPhone. He's SE. like, I got an iPhone. It doesn't have a number. <laughs> iPhone SE. It's so old, it doesn't have a number. Okay, well... Um. I, I guess yep. I'd like to take this moment to mention our Patreon to help Keith <laughs> get a somebody, phone, please. an iPhone with a number like a ten, maybe eleven. I'll take a, um, I'll take a seven or an eight. That'd be that'd be fine. <laughs> Christ, I don't think those would function either. Um, anyway, we 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 don't have a seven million dollar ad budget here on um, Apostates Anonymous or Acquire Publishing. Um, so Keith has an old phone, but we are going to talk about those who do have seven million dollar Super Bowl ad budgets. But first, we have a word from our sponsor, unless you have any news and notes and announcements for, for folks. Mm. News, I just news. shared the cover for Who is Jesus to You. So should we mention that? That's coming out in April. 
Yeah, that's pretty, that's going to be a really cool project. Um, very excited about it. Amazing contributors um, from a, a wide spectrum of perspectives on who Jesus is to them. Everybody from Greg Boyd and Brandon Robertson to um, Maria Francesca French, Michael Camp, um, Nora Sophia, Angie Von Slaughter, Matt Downey. Lots of really cool. It's it's a great book. It's really, um, you know, when you pull these things together, when you invite, you come up with a theme, you invite a bunch of various people to submit. Um, oh, Matthew Corman and you too. You're in there too. Uh, when you when you invite oh a bunch of God, people, I am. Yeah, when you yeah. invite a bunch of people, you know, to write something on a topic like that. And we've done this several times. You never know what you're going to get. And it's always a wonderful surprise when the, what you get is better than what you were imagining. And that's, that's exactly what happened. It's really good. Yeah, it is. So yeah, that's going to be March. Uh, no, April, April 16th, I think. Yeah. And then I have a book coming so, out in April as well. Um, I just finished both covers for uh, both of those books. This that's week. right. The Quantum Sayings of Jesus, Decoding the Lost Gospel of Thomas. It's a 367-page monster. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going through your edits, man, like, Jesus Christ. There's a lot. There's a and lot. Jesus, gone... why, are you, why, why are you saying so much, Jesus? Yeah, I blame Jesus. He, he talks a lot. Blame Jesus. He, a lot to say. he gets us. He but gets he does us. get us, and that's, that leads us. Thank you. Beautiful transition. That leads us to our topic <laughs> and our sponsor. So we should and set up sponsor. the sponsor. We need to set up the sponsor, Please right? Do. Set it up. So, you know, many of you probably watched or at least heard about you know, the Super Bowl, there was a Super Bowl ad called He Gets Us. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, a lot of controversy, people on the left and the right uh, complaining, but for very different reasons about the ad. And um, we're going to talk about it. But our sponsor today is, um, it's it's a sponsor sort of, but it's it's sort of, sort of a, an expose. We basically, we have an inside man. We have someone um, who kind of our deep throat who uh, came to us and said, you know, the Super Bowl ad that you saw wasn't the original version, and he gave us a copy. So we have the leaked original first draft of the ad that they were for, they were going to do, but then you know then they went back and thought about it, did some focus groups, decided no, 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 let's change it, and you know that's what you got on the Super Bowl. But we have the original first draft uh, the for first the draft. Uh, he gets us, ad. and Here they yeah they wanted to run that. On, on our show is this, you know, they, they were, yeah, they were like, you know what, let's, let's, let's save that one and we'll run it on Apostates Anonymous. Yeah. We'll do the, we'll do the next one on the Super Bowl. This one on the, on the <laughs> <laughs> of course. Jesus would have refused to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple because that would be sharing in their sin. He gets us. Jesus wants to double the razor wire at the southern border to keep refugees from crossing illegally to steal American jobs. He gets us. Jesus wants everyone to own and carry a firearm because he knows that more guns make us safer. He gets us. Jesus wants every woman to carry their baby to full term, even if they were raped or the pregnancy might threaten the woman's life because he knows that life begins at conception. He gets us. Jesus wants you to vote for a pussy-grabbing billionaire who stole top-secret documents and tried to overthrow a free and fair election because he knows that anything is better than voting for a Democrat. He gets us. Jesus loves everyone, so we don't have to. <laughs> he does. He does. He gets oh, us. Oh, so, so moving. So moving. Inspiring. 
oddly familiar voice, though. Yeah, I don't know. Is that Morgan Freeman? Wait, 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 wait. If this, if this is the original leaked version, who did the audio for it? Because it sounded oh. familiar. It sounded familiar. It was. I would just say it's very high quality. I was very impressed with it's the quality. It's very quite high quality ad. They, they spared I like no that expense. Beat, though. Um, yeah. Well, I guess you can't say pussy on an ad for the Super Bowl. So I see why that's, they grabbed they, I think I, that's, I see why they grabbed yeah. that out of there. <laughs> I think you're right. That's probably what it was. I think, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. almost perfect. We just it's can't say pussy. So you can grab them and become president. You just can't say them. You can't say the word. You can't yes. say the word pussy. That's, that's the real I got problem. It. We don't America's a funny place, man. People are funny. Let's just say that. Let's just say from the jump that fucking the context of all this is people are fucking weird, man. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I do. I said, you know, it's we said this weird. before. I feel like I live in bizarro world now. I just, I, I watch we the news. Always I, have. It, but I think it's worse than it's ever been, man. I don't see, I don't yeah, remember. Maybe. Like every single day there's some wackadoodle thing. Like what? They, they did what? Or they we just have, what? or we just all have a phone and access to everyone. At the that same could time, be. I mean, some crazy shit connected. must have gone on in the '60s and '50s and '40s. Because no one had a phone to catch it. <laughs> we were, yeah, we weren't all. It was all localized. It was, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. It's hard to find. Now it's just out there, and we can all. It's exposed. Now we see how weird now we see the world that. really is. It is mm-hmm. very weird. Yeah, very strange. It's very weird. But so, he gets us. So he he gets us. Um, yeah, everyone, you're right. Liberals, progressives have have one view well not one view but like seems to be they're mad on that side and then the conservatives are mad because i guess the commercial's too woke or whatever right no that's um, what i saw it's um and i did a which is which is wild because it's funded by anti-lgbt hate this groups. is what's again so, this is so wackadoodle about it <laughs> so i mean seven million dollars is not nothing where did the money come from? they always all the it's funny all the conspiracy theorists are always like follow the money and it's like okay follow the money yeah. You follow it right back to fucking Hobby Lobby and shit like that, which, yeah. you know, yeah. who uh, do they support? Yeah, exactly. That That's not, the part that's- Not people like me. <laughs> like, I don't know if I should be happy that maybe some guy at the ad agency trolled, you know, the client and just like came up with this really cool ad that was went against everything the people that paid for it really actually believe in and mm-hmm. took their money. Because it's- it No, doesn't... no, no. Because here's what I think. This is my theory. I, and I think it's pretty founded. I think these Christian ministries purposely do this um, so that they can, well, it's, it's like those, if you go on a, if you go on a church website and they're, and they're really ambiguous in the language or it's the churches who use the all are welcome shit, yeah. but they'll never put up a, a, a gay pride flag. It, right. It's the same vibes as all lives matter. That's what I think. That's what the, this commercial to me smacks of all lives matter. Right. Yeah, because we're not going to take a we're not going to take a stance for these issues. No. Um like openly, we're going to try to play this like moderate centrist thing mm-hmm. where they where they try to appease the left because we're doing social justice stuff and they try to appease the right and they're like we're still anti-gay and yeah. in doing so they appease <laughs> no one. Right. Um except that, you know, they probably backdoor Sorry for the pun. Oh, hey. Um, they do appease the people where the money comes from because they yeah. keep getting the money. And where does the money come from? From the anti-LGBT groups. 
Oh yeah. Um, well, it's it is so. like it's kind of propagandist to me. Yeah, it's very much like yeah. the the people behind. Well, let's just start off. I want to say to like to start off the 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 the, the ad itself. Like at just face value, if you didn't know anything about who funded it, it's perfectly just, fine. It's actually great. I'm like, wow, that's a beautiful message, right? right? It shows right. it shows these people that typically hate each other and are against each other. You know, one of them is washing the other one's feet. Like, wow. And, and that's, that's what's again. insidious about it, though. Yes. And then again, you know, when you find out who's behind it, then it becomes like, well, then they don't really believe what they're saying. Um, and then <clears throat> I want to say. Like I, I did, a, I, I looked up some of the, um, the, the some of the conservative Christians, you know, the, the Gospel Coalition guys, uh, who are all pissed off about it, you know, and, and they're saying things like, you know, Jesus forgives the sinner when the sinner acknowledges the sin and begs for forgiveness, not when they self righteously indulge in their sin and demand others accept it. Or uh, that was that was from unhoodwinked, by the way, uh, Pompeius of Thanks, love. Unhoodwinked. Pompatus of love says, yes, Jesus washed feet of his disciples. Yes, Jesus forgave the downtrodden when they acknowledged their need of salvation. He forgave, then admonished them to sin no more. This feel-goodism has been around for centuries and serves only to justify sin. And anyway, they go on and on like that, right? The idea that, oh, what they're offended by, right? Again, these are the, the ultra-conservative evangelical Christians. They're pissed off about it. But they're pissed off because Jesus, it, where's this funny? It's not even Jesus. It's Jesus isn't really washing anybody's feet. It, the message is that Jesus gets us. He gets us. But it's showing people in the sort of having been transformed to the place now where they are loving one another, caring for one another, you know, accepting one another. And then it's triggering these people like, oh, that's wrong. You can't just love people. You can't just accept people. Um, they first yeah. have to repent. And I guess that's their assumption is that something happened, something did or didn't happen in this. Well, that person, that person didn't repent. How do you know? It's only like a 30 second ad. You know, there's not like a backstory here, but that's the assumption is like, well, if you're just trying to say, this is too woke, right? You're trying to say that um, everyone that's is loved, saying. everyone's forgiven, everyone is, everyone is equal. Like, well, yeah, kind of. That that should be the and I thought that was a Christian message, but you know, not to them. Well, don't don't worry. Who they're actually backing is all the same people you hate too. So don't right. like don't worry. That that's that's what's insidious about the message is that they're trying to. It's again, it's the churches that say all are welcome, and then a gay person yeah. or trans person shows up, not knowing the context of what that means, and then they get fucking burnt by the people there because all are and welcome all have different definitions than the That's way right. I use them. Yes. Um, literally, all those words in all are welcome are defined differently by the church that says it. Oh, yeah. So it's it's the same thing with all lives matter. You only say all lives matter after. It's yes. a response to black lives matter. Exactly. Right? So any, anyone that says that, yes, if you had no context of all lives matter, no one disagrees with that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, that's right. And that's the insidious nature of it is because you, you say such a vapid, meaningless thing and you try to take it out of context. And then you say, how can you disagree with that? What are you, some sort of hateful seeds, racism, but it's on your side. Right. And it's like, no, 
I'm responding to the whole contextualized all lives matter thing, right? Right. It's I, I'm not I'm not from another planet saying no. Of course, only some lives matter. <laughs> like no, we don't live in this. Like Derrida always has to come into play, right? We always have to define what these things mean. Yes. Um. And so yeah. when you again, it's that, it's that Christian church that becomes so. Like I would rather I would rather deal with an open and out bigot mm-hmm. than someone who does a commercial like this and then behind closed doors funds legislation that harms my community. Right. I would rather deal with someone who's like God hates fags than someone who does, but then does backdoor deals and tries to pull this shit on the Super Bowl. Right. It seems like what it's really trying to do. I mean, a couple of things. It feels like what it's trying to do on one side is to soften. Because again, it's not like Jesus needs a, you know, a, a new PR campaign or you know an image uh, update or something. It's like uh, I don't know any atheists or or non Christians or people of other faiths that are you know other than Christianity who really you know think Jesus sucks. I think they think Jesus. Everyone like you know Jesus is awesome, right? Have you seen these man on the street interviews? People are like. You know, hey, what do you think about Jesus? Oh, he was loving and kind and forgiving, and he was wonderful. I think Jesus was a wonderful. You know, okay, great. What do you think about Christians? Oh, those those guys are assholes. And so, it's not Jesus that needs the ad. <laughs> the the ad really should be for right the, these evangelical Christians. Like, I would have loved it if they had to run this ad, you know, and and done had that same message. But then at the end, had some of the people who funded it, like the Hobby Lobby guy and some other people, like come on camera and say, you know what, guys, we're sorry. We were wrong. And we hope this ad lets everybody know we've changed our minds. We've repented. There's repentance. There's a change of heart and mind. And 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 we this ad is a declaration of the fact that, you know, we're sorry for what we've done. And we're changing our our perspective on people that are gay and trans and immigrants and refugees and all you know and people that have had abortions and all all those that are represented in the ad, and we want this ad as a way for us to sort of like show you that we've changed our mind. But that is not what's happening. They're not changing their mind. They that's not what's what's going on. And it's so it's so this is what drives me crazy. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, do they actually think? That the problem is people don't know how cool Jesus is. Um, and we need to spend like whatever is it, was it $10 million? I don't know. I've heard all kinds of numbers, but millions I've heard, of dollars. I mean, I've heard 30, 30 seconds for $7 million. Yeah. Uh, average. I don't know what they spent. Well, that's just to run the ad. They had to, cre- they had to produce the ad. They had to create the oh, ad. Oh, sure. Yeah. Way. Whatever the cost. Yeah. So let's say seven, seven to $10 million. And then they, they spend all this money because the problem is – if people just knew that Jesus wasn't an asshole, then they then everything would be great. Like you think that's they a think good that? point. Who is they don't think Jesus is, is an asshole? <laughs> they think you're right. an asshole. Like I mean, obviously the ad worked in a in to get everyone talking about it. Um. So congratulations yes. to them. Yes. However, who's the ad for? That's that's the question. Like, who are you marketing to? Like, if it's Christians who don't do these things. Okay, but the same Christians who don't do these things also hate the same people as you. Right. Like you're not, and to just, I'm sorry, but to just like wash someone's feet who is like your so-called enemy, if there's like, we also have to like, what is, like that is a, a service to them. Yeah. Christians, 
like why do you need to remind us that Jesus did that without like trying to convert people to Judaism or something? Right. Like you you do those things still with the proselytization mindset of I I A have to do this because I have to go to heaven right. and not go to hell. <laughs> so uh faith without works is dead. So I better do some good works. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to save people from hell, which Jesus wasn't trying to do. There's no historical yeah. evidence that Jesus believed in eternal torment or some bullshit. No. Um, so there's all these layers that it's like, yeah, Jesus gets us, but we don't get Jesus because everything that's attached to all these works is attached to your bullshit theology. That is you just trying to spare yourself from the flames or spare someone else from the flames or that. Like, it's not just doing – like, an atheist who just does service for people just does service for people yeah. for the for goodness as such. Yeah. And and it's like all these things are just layered with so much, like – it's just so it, – it's exhausting because they had the same – they had almost the same commercial last year. Yeah. I don't they ran this – they ran they, basically yeah. an ad for the Super Bowl with the same amount of money, I'm sure, or something yeah. similar. Yeah. And but but let me ask you if any of anyone at Hobby Lobby has changed their stance on LGBTQ. Has oh. anyone at any of these agencies changed their stance on LGBTQ come out and said, hey, what we've been doing and what we've been teaching is two different things. And we are actually actively harming people. Right. While we wash people's feet in the foreground, That's... we're washing people's feet or telling people to. And in the background, we are actively harming people. And the LGBTQ community has been saying it for decades. And you don't repent. You don't change. You've never changed. So yep. what are we like? What are we doing? Yeah, no, it's that's what's also that's what's really upsetting to me about it. That's why I wrote a blog post about it. That's why we're doing this episode about it. Like it's which um, I saw it got seemed pretty popular. Or it at least took off. It actually did really great. Yeah. Um, I'm like, wow, yeah. cool, very cool. Um, so here's the thing too. Like I spent like ten years working for an in-house marketing agency, um, and then you know I do since then. I've doing I still do like a lot of freelance marketing and copywriting and stuff. And so there's this like a basic marketing 101 thing, right? Well, especially as a copywriter, if you're writing an ad, um, it doesn't matter what it is, banner ad, uh, a commercial, a video, uh, whatever it is you're doing as, as advertising and marketing. Um, mm -hmm. There's just basic elements, right? You need a headline. You need somebody to catch their attention. You need to you know explain what it is and why people need it. But then the very last thing, the final thing, the most important thing, is the call to action, right? What is it you want me to do? I've watched your ad, but what should now, well, now what do I do about that, right? You know, mm -hmm. buy Coke, um, you know, see this movie, uh, buy this car, right? There, there's there's something I you want them to do. That's the whole reason you created the ad and spent the money to put it out there is because you want people to do something after they've, they've watched your ad or seen your ad or read it mm -hmm. or whatever. Okay, so with that in mind, what is the call to action to this he gets us at? So you watch this and you're like, okay, um, yes, Jesus gets us. And it's people forgiving each other and serving each other and people from across, you know, different from, from polar opposites coming together and showing compassion and mercy and empathy for one another. That's really beautiful. And then, the, then it just ends, you know, he gets us. Okay, but what am I supposed to do about that? And so... I can't, I don't know because there isn't a call to action. They don't say, therefore do this or that. They don't even say you should too. Jesus loves people, so you should too. No, no, they don't even say that. So I'm thinking, let's suppose someone is, let's say they watch the ad. They knew nothing about any, who who funded it or anything. 
and and then they don't really know much about Jesus or whatever. And then so they watch that ad and they're like, wow, you know what? This Jesus person seems really cool. You know what? This Sunday, why don't we go to church? And let's so they walk into an evangelical church, you know, this on Sunday, because they saw this ad and they thought this Jesus guy just seems to really he gets us. He's really, you know, wow, this is beautiful. And they walk into an evangelical Christian church. Well, what if they're gay? What if it's a gay gay couple? Are they going to be welcome? Hell no. Right? What if it's a a single woman and she's like, yeah, I paid for an abortion. Am I welcome here? No, you're a murderer. Get out. Right? And so you could go down the list of all the people that are actually in that ad. If you are one of those people and you thought, oh, I saw myself in that ad and I saw myself in that ad being loved and welcomed and affirmed. I'm going to go try out this Jesus thing. Well, I'm going to go to a Christian yeah. church. You, most, no, at least more than 50% chance, you're going to be rejected hard when you go to those churches. That's you what I was welcome. saying. And so is the is the pitch, is the ad directed toward the Christians who you're saying would do that? And if and, 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 and I'm guessing the ad, and I'm guessing the ad agency is would say, well, that's the pe- Christians we're trying to talk to, the people who... And then my, my response to that would be, those people have the same beliefs as you, though. Like, like it's the beliefs that lead them to the shitty behavior. You're just saying, well, in spite of the beliefs, still do the, the thing, still do the good stuff, but keep the shitty belief that funds this advertisement. That doesn't make sense to me. Right. Like, you won't wash the feet because you hate gay people. Right. Yet the people who hate gay people fund the advertisement that says to not hate gay people. Right. <laughs> like, right. Do you understand where this, like, okay, so you're advertising to those people. Maybe you guys should all get together and change your fucking minds about gay people and trans right. people. Right. And then you won't have to advertise to those people who hate the same people as you because you no longer hate them either. Right. Here's no, a exactly. novel concept. Right. Here's my no, call see, to action. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, <laughs> I, and that's what I said in my article. It's like, look, here's a word of advice for these Christian organizations who have so much money to spend on these ads, right? And and your goal is to somehow improve the PR image of Jesus who doesn't need it, right? Okay, here here's here's a suggestion. Well, he kind of does, but well, not but because of them, not because of anything yeah. Jesus actually said or did. Um yeah. but here here here's the thing, like if you wanted if that's your goal, right? You got all this money and and you think Jesus somehow needs this uh, image update, right? Here here try this. Here's the thing. Try doing the things that Jesus did. Try doing the things that he actually told you to do, right? You know, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, care for the widow and the orphan, you know, the refugee, the immigrant, right? Um, Do those things yourself. And maybe, just maybe that would really convince people that you actually believe what Jesus said, that you actually identify with who Jesus was, and that you're actually following what he did. And I think that would work way better then a little but we 25 can't, we can't accept their ad. sin, Keith. We can't accept their sin. <laughs> That's what they, we, we, we have, there are some hard truths to the Bible, though, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can't condone it. Just like we can't condone, like, you know, I mean, adultery or whatever. Yeah. But again, like, again, like to the response of that, it's like you're, I know you're being facetious, but that is exactly what people are saying, right? Like, oh, what, what's his name? Charlie Kirk and Sean Fucked and Fucked? I think it's Fucked. I think he's fucked. Uh, anyway, but what, those, what these guys are all saying is like, yes, Jesus did this. And like, I just read the, those comments, right, from Twitter. Like, 
Um, yes, Jesus did this, but first he, after they begged him for forgiveness and that's bullshit. It's not true. It's bullshit. It's not even in the Bible. Like I, I mean, I've written about this many times. There are a few instances where, um, like repentance precedes forgiveness. Yeah. But then there's like a thousand other ones. Yeah. Where forgiveness precedes repentance and actually is the mechanism that causes the repentance. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the forgiveness Chuck, comes Charlie, first. Charles, whatever your name is. Yeah. First of all, go get laid, my God. <laughs> Second of all, read your fucking Bible, bro. Yeah, and this is what frustrates me is like they they have this twisted version of Jesus where Jesus was like, I'm not forgiving you unless you get on your knees and beg me for forgiveness. That never happens. Jesus walks around forgiving people left and right, willy nilly. Before they even ask him, they'll run up to him and he'll just say, your sins are forgiven. What do you want? And then they'll say... Oh my my daughter is sick or or I'm I'm blind or I, you know my friend is lame he you know he can't walk and then he for, and then he does the miracle or how about, but he how about the how about the famous how about the famous um the woman caught in adultery and the man by the way yeah um who was not around who was my no who was not around like the, the they don't get to the the sin stuff till the last thing right he's not condemning anyone until until the end, and, and he doesn't condemn her, right? And he's like, "All right, we'll just stop doing what you're doing." That's right. I'm not. He's not. He doesn't lead off with that. Well, are you going to stop what you're doing? Are you going to stop though? Okay, yeah, then I won't me. condemn you. Okay. If you promise, you got a pinky swear. You got a <laughs> pinky promise, and I'm going to come back in a couple of weeks. I'm going to check on you. Right? No, he doesn't do any of that. Right? Yeah. It's like they. I swear to God, we got different Bibles. We live in parallel universes. Charlie Cook got one Bible, and I got a different Bible, and it's never been the same. We're like, oh shit. Yeah. See, I no would wonder love, we're so off. Yeah, I would love to actually have a conversation with those people, you know, and have them go ahead and say what that, that kind of stuff and have and express that kind of feeling that no Jesus, he washed feet, but only after there was repentance. When? Well, no, I mean, actually, he washed Judah's feet, knowing that Judas was about to go and, and betray him. He didn't like, say what, a word exactly. about it. Judas didn't, you know. <laughs> like, what are you talking it about? It doesn't make any fucking sense. They just make shit up. I yes. swear to God. Half of the fucking country is just making shit up. Right. They're just like, I'm just going to say it and make it up and maybe it's true. Yeah. I, I mean, like- I listen, I don't listen to Joe Rogan, but I listened to a clip. Yeah. Of, and I think I've mentioned it before. It was Matt Walsh mm-hmm. talking about how many kids have gone through reassignment surgery, gender oh, yeah. reassignment surgery. And he said millions. They looked it up and it was only like 4,000 have gone through hormone uh-huh. anything. And he's like, oh, well, it's probably a hundred thousand. <laughs> like they will just make shit up. Numbers, numbers, yeah, numbers. No, you can't, sorry. I mean, it's math. That, they will just literally again, that. Yeah, it was 4,000. No, it, no, we just told you it's the number. It was like 1,200, 1,400, whatever. It was a low yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, it's probably, it's probably just a hundred, a couple hundred thousand then. And it's like, okay. So at this point then, what do we do when language, is, it's like linguistic nihilism. Yes. Words, numbers, concepts. They're just, they just mean what they mean in the moment with no no attachment to objectivity or cultural no. anything, nothing. Yeah, we're, we're living in this. This is part of, I think, the frustrating thing about the wackadoodle world we live in now is that we have people like that um, who, I mean, to them, the facts are more based on their feeling about it. I have a very strong feeling that it's millions and therefore, you yeah. can tell me, well, the actual statistic is, you know, 1,300. No, I feel like and, it's and higher. Also, facts don't care about your feelings, but I feel like it's higher. Right. 
okay. Ben Shapiro thinks that facts don't care about your feelings. Okay, great. I agree. And then, and then, and then all up in the feels all the time. That's right. This, this is how I feel. <laughs> oh, wasn't he the one that, that freaked out about the Barbie thing? Ben Shapiro. Oh, yeah. They, all, Barbie he went on like an hour and a half. Like, who does an hour YouTube video about Barbie, bro? Like, <laughs> if you got more than a couple sentences to say, like, yeah, you talk, you, you, something else is going on. Yeah. So I think that's, that's one of the frustrating things is, yeah, they, that it's not about, because again, none of these people could show you, like, you'd hand them a Bible and say, okay, flip over here and show me in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John where Jesus demanded forgiveness first, repentance first, that where he, and actually just even look, you know, go to BibleGateway.com, right, on online, and, and go to the New Testament and just search the word repent or forgiveness and see how many times it's ever used during any of the times that Jesus actually forgave sins. He just forgives. You know, oh, because he knew story. that he knew he oh, knew he had foreknowledge. Here come the Calvinists riding in on one of those steeds <laughs> like Gandalf. Yeah. They knew that he, he knew that they were going oh, to repent. Yes. yes. See, see, yes. there's always a trump card, bro. Yeah. Well, the yeah, the, one of the one of the coolest <laughs> things I ever read. Uh, this was back when I was still a hardcore evangelical. Um, I think it was Max Lucado. And Isn't that 40 Days of Purpose? No, no, no. That's Rick Warren. Oh. Isn't it? They're all the same to me. Anyway, Max Lucado. He's, he, he, I used to love his books because they were very, uh, I don't know, I just thought they were very, very, he was a great writer and he had some great ideas. Uh, for, for an evangelical, they, were, they felt progressive to me. Um, but anyway, he, he pointed out something in one of, one of his books um, about how Jesus healed hands that would one day you know, strike someone on the face. Jesus healed eyes that would blindness, right? From people that would one day look at someone else with lust. Mm. Jesus healed lame people who would one day, you know, walk in and do something, you know, sinful. And I just thought, first of all, exactly right. That is the truth, right? And so it's like, talk about this foreknowledge. So then why does he still do it, right? If if Mm -hmm. that foreknowledge is built in, well, I'm um, going to guess Lucado's not a hardcore Calvinist. Like oh, I don't think so. No, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I really haven't kept up with him since I've deconstructed. <laughs> but, um, but I just still thought it was a really great point. Like, yeah, you know, it's not about again these evangelical Christians that you know we're always kind of complaining about. Like, they have this very transactional way of thinking, um, right? Quid quid pro quo. It's all quid know. pro quo. Yeah, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. And God needs to get this. And if you do this, then this happens. But if you don't do this, then this thing, other thing won't happen. And that the truth is, if you just look at Jesus, he doesn't play those rules. That's not the way Jesus operates. No, no. They all need to read my books because I talk about it all the fucking time. <laughs> well, the, uh, I mean, because like I mean, the, yeah. the famous examples, right? Like the, the people that you're supposed to, that are the worst sinners, you know, in, in that, in that mindset in the first century, you know, Palestine, um, you know, like a Roman centurion, dude. Like, really? This guy is a Roman. These are the occupiers. And this guy comes and his his servant is sick. And Jesus not only heals the servant, but says, I've never seen greater faith in any in all of it, you know, Israel. And mm-hmm. you know, and and prostitutes and uncle- women who are called unclean with the issue of blood well, like and the, Samaritans. The first, and- the first sermon he has, he's like he's like, um, do you guys remember your 
favorite prophets went and healed the guy, the general for the bad team who killed yeah. our fucking soldiers and ordered the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Naaman the Syrian yeah. gets, gets healed by our like top prophet of all time, like the goat of all time. Like, yeah. And, 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 and it wasn't and, sent to any widows or any, any, anyone in Israel. He was sent to the other side. And then right? this is what pisses me off about the, he gets this stuff and goes back to my point about like, I'd rather be confronted in the face with your hatred of me. Then this this sort of like, oh, you're going to paint this picture of Jesus where he'd be like, hey, I agree with you right there. See, he went and healed the name in the series and he went and did this and he was talking about that. But then he didn't go and be like, who was funding Jesus? Mary Magdalene, maybe. Right. Yeah. Some, you know, he a lot of women, the people who funded yeah. him also weren't like, oh, Jesus, but you also have to hate gay people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or hate Samaritans or or hate Romans. Right. Yeah, I know you're preaching this, but also the funding you're coming is from people who fucking hate these people, by the way. Right. <laughs> You know, it'd be, it'd be like if, if you got you got the lost gospel of Mary Magdalene, the truth of Mary Magdalene, she's like a bigot. She yeah. she runs Hobby Lobby First Century Palestine <laughs> tradition. <laughs> and her money that she's getting there is anti-LGBT money that she's funding Jesus and then telling him, well, you got to wash people's feet anyway, Jesus, because you get us. No, but, but see, okay, but here's, like here's the other thing about this too, is that, again, the people creating the ad are essentially saying... Uh, and even though it's maybe a little very subtle, but we know this is what they think because we we know who they are. Um, and so like, it seems like the sort of kind of hidden message in this ad is you people need to repent. You people need to change. Jesus loves you. And so therefore, you know, you need to stop being gay and stop having abortions and stop doing these things. But it's, that's what I wish, again, what I was saying, I guess, at the beginning, but I wish that it was the ad was like, but that repentance has to go both ways. Like they're not going, maybe do we need to, are, are we the ones that need to think about ways that we should change? Are we doing mm -hmm. something maybe that isn't cool? That isn't very Jesus-y that maybe Jesus would come to us and say something like, no, no, we are okay. You're screwed up. And, and yeah, we what... want, the goal is we want you to realize Right. This is why you need to look into Jesus, because if you look into Jesus, you'll realize, oh, crap, I'm a sinner, you know, instead of like, well, <laughs> but dude, are you looking? No, Jesus had this big thing about yeah, the speck in someone else's eye and the log in your own eye. Maybe you should go back and reread right. that. Right. And when, and when's the last time? I mean, you have to ask yourself, when's the last time you changed your mind on anything? If yeah. that's what repentance means, like. When did you change your philosophy on this? When did you change your worldview on this? When did you on change anything. your approach on this? <laughs> on anything. On anything. Like, <laughs> let me, name one thing. Like, if you got some of these preachers and pastors and whatever, and they've been around for a long time, like 30 years, mm -hmm. if you go back, like if you go, I mean, not even 30 years, if you go back to what Driscoll was preaching before the fall of Driscoll, the fall of right. Mars Hill. When was that? Was it's that the 90s, same. Early 2000s? Late so 90s, that? early 2000s, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same fucking shit. So yeah, he is. He is saying this. When have you changed? Like it's the said. same theology. Yeah, it's the same hyper Calvinism. Fun. I mean, it's go down the line. None of it changes. It's but not it's LGBT constantly. inclusive. It's not. It's just constantly doubling down on the same shit. Which is like, I thought I, you guys want to talk about repentance all the time, but you want right. us to repent of being gay or being bi or being trans. <laughs> you never repent about your overall worldview. Yeah. Like why? Like that's strange to me. Yeah. Like you're this. Like the people who would complain. Like when I was churched all up in the worship team, all that stuff. I bet you 90% of them who, if I got in a room today, they'd be like, Matt, you, the reason why we're not friends, you changed. And I'm like, yeah, 
I was 22 then and I'm 41 now. Right. Why haven't you? Exactly. Are you fucking the same fucking person yeah. <laughs> that you were 20 years ago? I'm sad for you if that's the case. I really yeah. am. Yeah. What's that Thomas? I think it's a Thomas Merton quote that says, like, if the you of 20 years ago wouldn't call the you of today a heretic, you're not yeah. growing. And you're not growing. And uh, I, I love that quote because that's, that is exactly true of me. Um, trust me, if the, if the me of 30 or 40 years ago could read my books now or listen to my podcast now, it's like, who is that? Heretic? You're on Apostates Anonymous and Heretic Happy Hour. And what, what the? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Let us pray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, please don't let me lose my faith. Please. please. <laughs> I'll never change. No, but again, yeah. change is the point. You know, metanoia is yeah. about changing your mind, changing your eyes. It's not about being sorry for your sins. It's about changing the way you think, right? Think differently. Well, and, they, and they would want us to change to go back to hating ourselves or hating our who we are or who we feel yeah. like we are. I mean, it's just that's what they would say to do. And it's like, why? But we did that. I mean, none of us, none of us who are in the LGBTQ community, and sorry to harp on that. I just, you know, again, follow the money. Like, yeah. Um, and it's not just about that, but they would want us. I, I think the way the way I get it is like they're gonna wash this. They're gonna wash the gay out of us. They're gonna yeah. wash the trans out of us. That's what That's the washing of feet is. Yeah, it's no, going that... to get us to change about who we are. Yeah. We don't have to talk about it. And again. Back to the insidious nature, all these things have have bits of truth in them. Right. I see someone like these folks doing one thing, and 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 I would say yes, serving people without preaching at them is going to be the way to change. But it's just, what are we asking? How are we changing? Right. They want us to change to go back to despising this part of ourselves or whatever, mm -hmm. like feeling whatever, like or, or they they wouldn't say that. Right. But that's what would happen if we went back to being if we went back to the same theology that we used to have, which condemned ourselves, yeah. we would go back to hating ourselves. Yeah. And, and hating what, and hating other people as well, right? That's well the, that's the, I mean, you know, as my medic beings and all that, yeah, like you can't if you are gay or bi or trans or whatever, um I saw some someone said Q plus and I was like, Oh, that's easy to say, I like that. Um okay. It rolls off the tongue nice. It's, yeah, it, because LGBTQ, it's like it's it's a it's, it's a big, still clunky like, for me to it's say. It's a mouthful. It's yeah. A, yeah, only consonants, no vowels. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where I got myself distracted. Um, <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks uh, a lot, brain. That doesn't work after know, forty I, years. I, I hate when my brain does that. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, you, you were. Yeah. I feel like everything I needed to say. I, I. It's not. I'm not mincing words on where I stand. Like. Yeah. Oh. I. Oh. 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 Going back to the insidious nature. I think. I feel when there's a little bit of truth in all this stuff, which mm -hmm. any of these things have a little bit of truth. I. I think I said on one of the podcasts recently. The things Trump says has truth in it. Drain the swamp. Again, no context. Totally agree. Yes. It, it's. It's. It's that they throw that little bit of truth in there to to uh -huh. get the hook. Uh huh. And that's when they get, that's when they flip it on people. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, did you see there was a um, sort of a, a conservative evangelical response ad to He Gets Us? There was, there was, it's called He Saves Us. Did you ever see that? No. It sounds okay. cringy. 
It is cringy. Um, and yeah, if you, if you want to, anyone listening wants to go look it up on YouTube, I think you just search He Saves Us. And they did a wonderful job of parodying, parodying um, the mm-hmm. Super Bowl ad. They used the same font, the same music, the same mm-hmm. soundtrack, the same yeah. uh, sound effects and everything. Um, but, but this one is like, because their whole point is that, yes, he gets us, but he doesn't just get us. He saves us and he transforms us. Right. Which again. From himself. But but again, that message, just that message is, oh, of course, yeah, that's beautiful. Yes, of we course. experienced this yeah. transformation. Okay. But it's what's in the ad, right? And so again, conservative mm-hmm. evangelicals are basically like, here's what it should have said in their minds. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is like, so they're, show, they're showing these people like, first it starts off, it starts off fairly innocuous. It's like, this, this, it's a picture of a guy and it says, you know, he was the former, Richard Dawkins, uh, famous atheist. He was like his former personal assistant. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, then the next one is, um, a guy that was a Satanist, right. Or someone that was a new age guru. And then someone who, you know, it's like, it's so these people who like, basically Jesus changed them. Right. And so the mm-hmm. first several ones are like, Oh, that's good. That's nice. Or like a gang member, uh, or something like that. Right. Okay. Wow. That's great. They're not violent anymore. They're not a Dawkins criminal. And a gang member. Yeah. No, but wait, but then about halfway through it, it's things like, this woman was a former lesbian activist. Oh, <laughs> so now she's no longer lesbian. And then my favorite one, a former, it says former trans person. I'm like, what do you mean former? What? Okay. It's like so stupid. And so then suddenly it's like, ah, see, now, uh, now this is what you were so pissed off about. You can't, you can't just be loved and forgiven and healed and transformed spiritually. No, no, you've got to turn around and not be, you know, who you are. And that, mm-hmm. gosh, man, that's, it's so, it's so disgusting to me. I hate that. But that's really, really, really what they believe. And it okay, drives great. so much of this too. Yeah. So much obsession. Yeah. And really, it, all of this puts us in, Gerard calls it a double bind. Like, um, they can say all they want that Jesus gets us, blah, blah, blah. But as my medic beans, we are, we are going to, we're going to copy the gods we believe in. Yes. Right. So yeah. the fact that like we, and we do need, like, if we were to say you need salvation sure. in a way, sure. Like we all need salvation. I mean, that's a loaded term. Um, yeah. Well, that's but in it's super loaded and I wouldn't use it in regular language again. No, Uh, because I don't use Christianese as much anymore. And if I was using it like in a book, I would probably be writing another 2000 words after that to describe what I mean and blah, blah, blah. Uh, um, But in needing that salvation, the means by which we go and get it causes us to need it even more. Right. Like all the all these things that we're doing just put us in more of a bind to continue these these sacrificial scapegoating othering mechanisms like. To continue to get funded for seven million dollars for a thirty-second ad spot, yeah, they they still need people to hate. They yes. still need those groups because the money dries up. If if Hobby Lobby again repents and becomes LGBT affirming, all that money dries up. Right. Um. You know, if they hate or if they love all the, if they wash the gay out of everyone. There's no more gay people to watch. There's going to be no, what, how are these evangelicals going to define themselves any longer? Like they're so obsessed with the LGBTQ community that they're going to have nothing really to talk about anymore. 
Well, the, you're right. And their retort to us would be like, if you had no evangelicals to bitch moan and complain about, you wouldn't have a podcast. And to that, I say, well, we might not have this one any longer, and that's fine. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> but but we will stick around until there's no more evangelicals to bitch moan and complain about. I would love that actually, but again, I, I also know it's never going to happen. <laughs> All right, it's not as much as I. So wish, we'll be here a while. As much as we'll I wish and hope and dream that one day this brand this, of hateful, narrow-minded. Um, you know, xenophobic, the you know version of Christianity. I wish it would die out and go away. The sad thing is, I don't think it ever will. I mean, it it could it could reach a point where it's the minority, right? Where I I mean, that would be still that would be progress. I would love I would love it if one day, probably not my lifetime, but if one day, let's say twenty thirty years from now, uh, forty years from now. Keith, yeah, you like, got to give yourself a little more credit. I hope you're around in 20 years. Okay, you're, that's why I changed it. Let's say 40 years. So like 40 years, <laughs> let's say 40 years from now, um, if you guns. wanted to find a, a, a Christian church that hated gay people and didn't like mixed marriages and um, you know was anti-immigrant and uh, and all that, then you would have to go to some like super remote, tiny little podunk town somewhere you know, up in the hills of Kentucky or something. And there's one over there, or there's maybe one over here down in Georgia, or there's one over here. Now, there'll be know, a couple in Idaho. Oh, the, a whole bunch in Northern Idaho, I promise you. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like you, but they would be obscure and they would be hard yeah, to find. Kind of like UCCs like, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that would be fine. I would like, I would like that, you know, if it was just like so rare because people just didn't put up with it. People thought it was like hateful and wrong. Yeah. And that would be great, um, but sadly, yeah, I don't think it's going to really go away. They are atop every hill. I, if you ever go, if you ever get a chance to go to like Roseville, California, outside of Sacramento, yeah, you like drive in, and it's all like new. It's like basically Sacramento's suburb. Yeah, and there, you should see the size of these fucking churches. Yeah, they're yes. fun. There's one on top of like a hill, and it is just a monster. And you're like, yeah. I bet they're not doing good racial justice work. <laughs> I bet they're not. No, see, but I bet they get a lot of money on Sunday, though. Yeah, even in El Paso, which um, I don't know what anybody thinks about El Paso, but it's it's a fairly large city, and um, and it's again but they I don't guess, have a Trader Joe's. They I don't. Damn you. it! I really wish they don't. Or an In and Out. I mean, oh, anyway. Well, that's um, true. But but it, it still it still kind of amazes me that. And it saddens me that these kinds of sort of like evangelical churches that are teaching this stuff are growing here, you know. And so, for example, like Wendy and I, you know, we used to live here. Like that's where we met in El Paso. We were in college and, you know, then we got married, moved away and lived in California, Southern California for 25 years. And then, you know, then we now we're back here for like the last five years. So when I think that we did this like two years ago uh, for our anniversary, I was like, hey, let's take a little tour. Of you know, like we'll go to the old house we used to live in. I went to the house I used to live in when I was growing up here. We went to you know we just visited different landmarks, right? And one of the landmarks we visited was the the formerly Baptist Southern Baptist Church where we got married, which no longer it's a different church now. Uh, it's a totally different mm-hmm. church, but it's still you know evangelical church. So we drove over there during the week, knocked on the door. the The pastor guy opened the door, um, you know, gave us a little tour of the building. I'm like, okay, we just wanted to see, like, hey, you know, this is where I used to be youth pastor. Here's where Wendy used to teach children's ministry. Here's, you know, here's the sanctuary we got married. It was kind of, it was fun. It was kind of nostalgic. It was cool. 
But then when we were done, you know, the pastor is like, well, where do you go to church, right? He's giving us a little sales pitch. And he's telling us like, oh, they're a brand new church. They've only been around a couple of years and they're growing and they're, you know, they have just added a second service and, and they have all these people and they have an active, thriving youth group and a, and a, you know, a men's group and a women's group. And I'm listening to him tell me all this stuff and I'm getting really depressed because I'm like, I, I was hoping the day was coming that you guys would be struggling to get anybody to show up for this bullshit. But mm-hmm. apparently people love it so much. They are eating it up with a spoon. Um, ah, it's just kind of sad to me. Yeah. I think overall though, right. Those kind of churches are in the decline. No, Maybe. I think, well, no, I think they are right. I think the numbers like the Southern that's Baptist what the, what uh, denomination, which yeah. is the largest Protestant denomination, they're, they're shrinking every year. They're losing people. I think they're actually yeah. experiencing the greatest losses. Um, so I think, wasn't it also like you know this fast? year? This year was the first time that nuns. Um, what was the what was like the, the statistic that there were more the, the nuns was the fastest growing not not nuns like N U N like Catholic nuns no no N O N E S people people that check the box that nuns, yeah, I got they did they have they don't I didn't think, have I didn't think it was N U N yeah so but this is the first time this year is the first time that the, that category of those who choose none to be their religious affiliation or religious belief, mm-hmm. meaning they have none. Um, what well, is the, it's the fastest growing segment category. And so that's a positive trend. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'd rather people have say that they believe in nothing uh, than that. They're buying hey. this kind of bullshit. Hey, you can't deny, maybe it's not causation, but you can't deny the correlation of something like Iceland and its peaceful nature with the fact that they're fucking atheists. Like they're like an atheist secular society. Interesting. Yeah. I know it's a. I know it's a small population. I know it's predominantly one race. That yeah. you know when you yeah there are a lot of white people of, there. Not yeah. monolithic, but it's like uh, yeah. it's an isolated sort of own little thing. But they well, certainly don't have religious extremism up there. Well, and it also again that that's what that's what begs the question. You know that because again Christians in America want to say that. Uh, more guns make us safer. The ad talked about that, right? That bullshit line. Yeah. More guns make us safer. It's like, really? So let's test that theory. Let's go look at the other nations around the world. And least let's look at guns. the one that, most first of all, guns. let's look at the one with the most guns. Do, do they have the least amount of violence? Oh, look, it's us. No, <laughs> and statistics we, don't work. And, and we have more gun violence than any other nation. And then they'll say, this is my favorite thing. They'll say, well, it's because we took God out of the schools. It's because of the rise of atheism. Really? So Japan <laughs> and Iceland are like super Christian nations, right? Because they must be right. the most Christian nations on the planet because they have absolutely Again, zero gun violence. If this cup were their ass, this would be their hand, and they're just digging it out of there, <laughs> pulling it out of their ass. Making shit up as they go. And that's not to say, and that's not to say that atheism is the solution. I don't necessarily think it is because for me, an atheist worldview is a very cold, uh, an atheistic world uh, universe, at least one where there's no, I mean, most people again die without justice. And that just seems, that's, I mean, to me, like, you can almost make the case that like atheism strips like folks like indigenous and black folks of like the spirituality that arose, the beautiful spirituality that arose from yeah. their plight and struggle and, and their hope in, a, you know, I mean, 
they would call it a fool's hope, I guess atheists would. But sure. that's another whole discussion for another time. Yeah, that could um, be another episode because I, I think you're right. I think yeah, um, there is definitely good spirituality, right? I, like you said, I think it's actually oh, when yeah. you look at most indigenous, like North American, Native Americans, um, Australian, like the uh, uh, Aborigines there, the Maori, like they have religion. And you could say, well, you know, they believe in this sky god or this water turtle god or whatever. And you could say, well, that's silly and stupid and that's not quote unquote real. Okay, fine. But but look, it, it, but it produces in their culture a beautiful fruit of a, of a oneness and a togetherness and an acceptance um, where they actually are, you know, caring for one another, caring for even the strangers outside of their tribe. So, I mean, there is a, there is spirituality that is healing and beautiful. I think what we're talking about is when you have a religion that's very uh, exclusivist and narrow and xenophobic, um, you know, that's... Well, that's, their religions are no more weird than a, a Middle Eastern Palestinian Jew from 2000 years ago who wants you to have a G7 private jet, which is, I mean... How, how, these are not fringe beliefs. These are Joel Osteen type beliefs yeah, and yeah. Kenneth Copeland type beliefs. And these yeah. are some of the biggest names in evangelicalism. Yeah. Um, we can't, we can't poo poo the religions that believe in tortoises and sky gods. And we have, <laughs> we have, we have a God who wants us to fly a fucking private jet. Cause there's demons on commercial. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, and, and uh, gods who want us to cut the ends of our penises off. So that's, that's a weird one to me. I, I never, I've never understood that. How did they sell that? It's like, that, that, that was, should have been the hardest thing to sell. The, you would think, hey. the, what's the ancient religion that teaches that men have to cut the ends of their penis off? That one won't last. That one won't make it. Somehow, though, it, it made it. I don't understand. That's a, weird, that's a weird one. So I, That's a weird one, too, because like when it comes to um, you know a lot of Christians, when they talk about like the trans issue about God not making, oh, God can make a mistake. He wouldn't. Yeah, it's like for one, you're wearing that? glasses. Um, two, right. <laughs> um, I see the boat. I see that line that you had down your forehead is gone. So I'm guessing the Botox um, yeah. kicked in. Yeah, and um, uh, all of our penises in America, pretty much, I mean, at least majority of them are circumcised. Most of them yeah. without asking any of us. That's right. Um, so I guess God couldn't have just like done a little. Why wasn't it just something, born, something born before, that way? beforehand? Because that would right. have been that would have been decent, yeah, I guess. Exactly. Like, God can't mis- make mistakes, though. Except I mean, with really, foreskin, he gets a little heavy-handed. Yeah. If the whole point was God wanted His chosen people to have the men to have these special penises, why, well, why were they, they that's just born they, with those special penises? That would well, be a beautiful well, sign. Look, I came out and did. It's, it's how you commit special. to the process. It's how you commit to it. You gotta. You gotta. Well, like, apparently, you'd yes, have to ask a Jewish scholar. I mean. Yeah, I think I think I think we've gotten to the point where someone should have asked me. I mean, I'm just being selfish here, right? I no one asked me what my I wanted my penis to look like. That's they just right. Said, this is what your penis is. But gonna by look the like time you could have you could have answered the question, I would have. The, <laughs> yes, please. It would have been really, really been painful. No. You want me to cut my penis? So the, yeah the the answer would have been no. <laughs> Trust me, the answer would have been no. no. It's a weird request, man. You're gonna do what now? <laughs> no, I don't think, I think so. My penis looks just fine. No. Uh, oh shoot, sorry. Anyway, um, how we Can got we onto this topic? Cut something else I off, have... maybe instead. No. I don't know. Like, yeah, does it just... have to be the penis. I mean, if you had to, if I was an adult and you had to ask me the tip of your the tip of your finger, 
Like you're yeah. gonna lose the pinky. I'd go I'd go probably right hand so I could keep playing guitar. So I'd take off the left. Um or you know, maybe an earlobe. Or the tip. Oh, that's tough. You look silly without an earlobe, just one. Yeah, but it, you know, it would hurt, but you know, but then it would be it's oh, it's done, you know. But you won't have an earlobe. What do I do with it? <laughs> I don't do anything with it. Well, it's not doing anything. It's on your, near your face. You'd want to you'd look asymmetrical. I don't. Look at this. I don't care if that thing is there. Look, I'm going to cut it off next week just to show you. Just to care. prove your point? I don't need an earlobe. Well, you're, if, if you're circumcised, your foreskin is not going to grow back as like a – it's not a <laughs> – Yeah. Don't right, cut your earlobe off is if what we get, if we get to uh If we get to uh, $2,000 on the Patreon <laughs> – for six months, it's got to be six off. months. For six months, then y'all yeah, cut one of my earlobes. Hey, that's gonna. I I hope our listeners are not so terrible so as to si- start signing up just so you do that. We want like to watch get, get his earlobe cut off. Earlobe cut off. Okay. Well, I am gonna get a heretic happy hour tattoo. I have committed to that. On your hand. I'm gonna go with the hand. I think. Wow, man. What's it gonna I'm be of? Like just the logo. The. the your face. The, both oh my face! Faces. <laughs> and mine. The OG of the <laughs> those cartoon faces. Yes, the cartoon faces. That's right. That's so beautiful. Stupid. Just like hold yes, them up the like logo. this. Yeah, like this. But I have to do them upside down, so I hold them up like this. Right. There's the logo right there. Well, if, if it was still you, me, and Jamal, I could have gotten you and Jamal, and I could have just been like, "Here's the three. <laughs> Here's your face in the middle, and then Jamal." <laughs> Actually, you guys have to be down here. <laughs> that's right but imagine though if you had done that like five to six years ago and you now you'd be like gosh Fuck. what did i do that for <laughs> wonder what jamal's up to lately <laughs> every time you beat off you gotta look <laughs> <laughs> that's why you do that in the dark uh have you seen that one where like the um like the jesus is like the hand and then the arm and the cross yes yes the yes I've seen that. like the, he's got the nail on the hand i'm just like every yeah. time you beat off dude you gotta yes look at that no way. You got to see this, the hand of you Jesus. I mean, you didn't, you didn't think this one out, did you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you get to it, Keith. I'll let you get to your day. All you lovely listeners will let you go. Uh, if you're in the car, don't do this now. But at some point, please rate this show, like this show, subscribe to the show. Tell your friends. If you're listening on YouTube and you have not subscribed to the Choircast Network, please do. That always helps keep people like you getting notifications from people like us any any final words for this week's episode keith um no i i think uh i think we kind of covered it uh, i would just say we covered I, it just, i'm gonna end i'm gonna end with this because this is something I, i've i've posted this several times before but uh going back us. to the, the 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 point of our our episode today i would say what's really sad is when the good news to non-christians is that Jesus is nothing like most of his followers. That's pretty sad. I agree. And so, in who is Jesus to you, we will give you the alternative. That's right. Many alternatives. Many alternatives. More than one alternative. Yeah, there are many. Just like the Jesuses of Christianity, the Jesuses of this book probably are multifaceted. Very. very And um, it's kind of an enigma. So, we're all okay with not pinning him down. evangelicals don't seem to be anyway love y'all we'll see you in two weeks have a good one peace out